All right, folks, that's a new picture on the screen up there now. A year and a couple months of seeing clearly, we're finally getting a new picture. I drew that. <laughs> Took me a couple weeks. Building character. God built Elijah. You know, I thought, how, how cool would it be if we could go through the Bible and, and meet the people as time happened? If we didn't have a history of them behind us and, and could come to see them for, for who they were, but as they lived and then struck me. Who really knows a whole lot about Elijah except the Jewish kid who grew up to be your pastor? What do you, what do you know about Elijah? I say Elijah. Remember the song, These Are the Days of Elijah. Who is he? Anybody know? He's a prophet. Prophet. What else do you know about him? Okay. Um, he's the one that brought the dry bones like from an army or something. Brought up an army from a bunch of dead people. We have to find out, aren't we? You're ruining it for me, Diane. <laughs> Other than Diane, <laughs> a lot of people would struggle to know a whole lot about Elijah. And even for those of us that know a whole lot about Elijah, I think when we um, finish up this God-built series, character, um, we'll all come to know him a lot more clearly and see why God shares with us the story of Elijah's life, how it applies to our life. But let me start with a story. You ever see the show This Old House with Bob Vila? Well, that was supposed to be my show. I am a, I'm a man uh, of building prowess. I don't know if you know this. I, I can put things together. My, my building career really started when um, Cameron was born. I built him a toy box. I don't know if any of you have ever seen his toy box. It's, it's oh yeah, it's still standing. I went to a Home Depot, we'll see if this holds me, and I, I bought wood, and I, I know nothing about wood. So I bought expensive wood. I figured I'm going to build a toy box, I want it to last. And I came home, I spent like $80 on wood, and I bought more bracketing than, than they probably used to put up the Eiffel Tower. And I started putting uh, Cameron's toy box together. And I cut, but I... You know, they, there's this adage, you know, measure twice, cut once. It's silly. Just cut. You don't even have to really measure. You can eyeball it. So I cut, and then I measured, and I trimmed, and I cut, and eventually I got all this stuff together outside. It weighs, honestly, at least 150 pounds. It is the world's heaviest toy box, and I finally got it all bolted together. If there's ever a tornado, we go in the toy box at my house. And then I, I, I showed it to Laura. She said, John, look at this, and she picks up the top, but it comes smashing down, so oh. So back to Home Depot, and I buy these springs, and I put them on, and boom, the springs can't even hold it, so finally we get it figured out, and we had a toy box. That's where it began. This old house was supposed to be my show, and for some reason, they, they let it go. Well, last summer, I decided, uh, at the urging of, of my wife, that I was going to build a bench seat. If you've been in our house, there was a, um, where the kitchen table was, there's a, a jut out. There's probably a name for this, but it just, the wind, you know what I'm talking about? The windows that go out? Bump out. Bump out, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, Laura encouraged me that, that I should build a bench seat, but I did this one different, because the toy box, all right, that goes bad, we can put it in the corner of the toy room. If the bench seat goes bad, but it wasn't just a bench seat. She wanted cabinetry on the side with cabinetry underneath and a seat on the top and, and it had to like, look like it fit there because, you know, it's our house. Well, I approached this one a little differently. I, I asked for a little help on, can you draw for me what you want? Can you help me measure? Can we research the wood? And, and if you come over to my house, you'll see a bench seat. 
It's actually really cool. It's, it's my crowning achievement. I'm not building anything else. But sometimes we can mess up if we build the wrong way. Sometimes we could do a better job if we research it a little more. But today we're not going to talk about building stuff. We're going to talk about how God desires to build us, the role we play in the process, and what it looks like to live a, a God-built life. Today, ready for this? One verse. One verse we're going. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. At this rate, we're going to be in the Bible. Any idea how long? About 400,000 centuries, yeah. But before I read this verse to you, let's talk about the, the days of Elijah. I'm going to throw some names out there. You tell me when you know what, what the correlation between the names are. You ready? Jeroboam, Nabad, Baasha, Elah, Zimri, Omri, Ahab, Ahaziah. Anybody yet? You're on to something. Joram, Jehu, Jehoahaz, Joash, Jeroboam II, Zechariah, Shalom, Menachem, Pekahiah, Pekah, Hosea. You're real close. This was my uh, Hebrew school class. I'm kidding. <laughs> these are kings. These are, these are kings. These are very famous people. Let me try one more list. We'll see how much better we do. Ready for this one? Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison presidents. Buchanan. Is he on that list of presidents? Who was he? What did Buchanan do while he was president? What's that? Did he? Do you know a lot about President Pierce? How about uh, Van Buren? It was once a president, lost the next election, came back after that one again. We kind of forget history, don't we? That first list, kings of Israel. Second list, presidents of the United States. If we can't remember the history of our presidency when it goes way back in time, you can understand why when I say Joe Ram, people say, huh? As opposed to, oh yeah, I know who he is. Let me explain how we got that list. Who's the first king of Israel? Come on guys, you know this one. Tall guy, head above everybody else, hidden the luggage, Saul, right? After Saul, little shepherd boy, remember him? David. David had a kid. His name was? Became king? Solomon. Saul, David, Solomon. Then we had a civil war. Divided kingdom. Northern kingdom, Southern Kingdom. Northern Kingdom is called Israel. Southern Kingdom is called Judah. This is why the Old Testament makes very little sense when you miss a historical setting. You get Pekah, Hosea, Jeroboam, Nabal, huh? They don't, why couldn't they just name them Frank, Joe, Mary, Tinio? Wouldn't that a... Well, you got a Northern Kingdom and a Southern Kingdom. Israel, Judah. They had separate monarchs. Judah. 17 monarchs. How many good, how many bad? Take a guess. What was the split between those who followed God and those who didn't follow God? Well, eight followed, nine were wicked men. Israel, 19 monarchs. How many of them were good? Give you a hint. Round number. 19 monarchs. Every single one of them was wicked. They did not walk in the ways of the Lord. These are the days of Elijah. That song starts. You know, these are the days of Elijah. This is what it's talking about. We're in a spiritually depraved time. People are following false gods. They have idolatrous leaders. This is not a uh, time of great spiritual revival. 1 Kings 16, 25 to set the stage. Omri, 
did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did more evil than all who were before him. That was a 7.2. You know who Omri was, besides the most wicked king of the time? A guy named Ahab's daddy. Ahab was born, and a few verses later in 30, and Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. We are looking at King Ahab's time now. The worst king by far than anyone ever. Son of Omri, Ahab. Why am I talking about Ahab? Well, hold on a minute, because I want to tell you about Ahab's wife. You know who it was? Diane is just shutdown mode today on Bible questions. (laughs) Nice, Diane. Jezebel. You'll you'll find if if you look closely, very few monarchs, in fact, no monarchs' wives are mentioned up to this point. Do you know why they mentioned Jezebel? She was special. Jezebel was the, uh, the power player in the marriage. She was also from another country. Jezebel was from a, a place, well, let's go back here and get it right. He took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians. She was a daughter of the Sidonian king. And what's special about the Sidonians? You ever hear of Baal worship? That originated in Sidon. And it came into Israel when good old Jezebel arrived. She brought it with her in her dowry. So we got the world's worst king yet, Ahab, with a wonderful wife, Jezebel, who brings in Baal worship, who inverts the monarchy, so she uses Ahab as a little puppet to do her bidding. Enter Elijah. Time of complete and utter total spiritual depravity. 1 Kings 17.1. This is the whole text for today. You ready for this? I'll read half. Someone picks it up when I stop. I'm kidding. Now Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishbe, in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. What do you do with that? How am I going to pull off a one-verse sermon? I'll read it again. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. That's it. Go apply it to your life. Good? Shall we pray? Let's talk about the name. Elijah. When I was born, my mom named me Jonathan Michael Tripp. You want to know why? was a good name for a doctor or lawyer. Because if I'm a justice, when I was going to be a Supreme Court justice, I was going to be the Honorable J. Michael Tripp. How nice does that sound? Right? Or Dr. Jonathan M. Tripp. You can run it any way you like. President of the United States, Jonathan Michael Tripp. This all sounds good. My mom, she set me up. Well, when Elijah was born, he's going to be a prophet. You can't pull off Rocco as a prophet, you know? The prophet of the Lord, Rocco Ben Judah. It doesn't work. Tony. These are not prophet names. I have friends named Rocco and Tony. I'm not knocking the name, but, but I'm saying Elijah needed a prophet name. So, you know, I gave you the list of kings. Those were taken. A lot of them would work for prophets. Jeroboam sounds like a good prophet name, doesn't it? Jehoshaphat. Like, these are awesome prophet names, but, but Fred. Come on, come on, who's going to take prophecy from Fred? So I want you to know that you need a godly name if you're going to do something godly. You need a name like Jonathan Michael Tripp if you love God. So, what does Elijah mean? Remember names back then, they, they were significant. It, uh, my name was great to be a Supreme Court Justice. That's about as far as it went in my family. My mom's kicking herself now. She should have given me a cool name like 
Jeroboam. We pick names because they sound good. My kids, my kids have names that Lauren and I like the sound of. They're, they're a little significant, um, but they don't tell a lot about them. They tell where they come from. Cameron, Laura's maiden name, JJ, Jonathan Jr., Charlie, my dad. We're done because we're out of names. <laughs> Most of us give names to kids because we like the sounds of it. Elijah. Not my favorite name. I would have named my kid Elijah. It was my favorite name, right? I like the name. Why Elijah? Anyone want to try it? Nice. Break it down into the three parts. L. You know what E-L is short for? Elohim. You know what Elohim means? God. Jah. Short for Jehovah. In Hebrew, that I, in between the El-Jah, my. My God is Jehovah. So it's a significant name. Elijah. My God is Jehovah. The name. We're going back to that at the end. The reputation. Where was he from? The Tishbite. I'm going to fall off this table. I'm going to sit here. The Tishbite of Tishbe. Doesn't that just strike you as... I mean, how awesome. The Tishbite of Tishbe. Right? I mean, do I, do I have to unpack this for you? Or, I mean, you all know what this is. The Tishbite of Tishbe. Come on, right? What the heck does that mean? Where's, where's Tishbe? In Gilead, Pastor John. Oh, great. Where, all right. The Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead. Now, I mean, we're talking a man of influence and power, right? I grew up in Scarsdale, New York. People, if I say Scarsdale to most people, they know where Scarsdale is. You say, I'm from Palo Alto, California. Well, people have heard of Palo Alto, Beverly Hills. You know, these are where the movers and shakers live, right? You live in New York City, you got the right address, you got a reputation. You live on a certain floor overlooking a certain park with, with the, right, the right front door, you're somebody. If you're a Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead, you know where you're from? <laughs> Anybody from Arkansas? <laughs> no? I'm going to cover the microphone here. Think of backwoods, rural Arkansas from a, from a East Coast perspective, okay? Now go 100 miles further out. Now you're in Tishbite of Tishbe of Gilead. It's the middle of nowhere. This guy was from nowhere. What's your reputation? Are you a mover and shaker? You, I had friends growing up who went to boarding school. Do you know that was my greatest fear as a child, to be shipped off to boarding school? I thought it was like being, being sold. I had cousins that went to boarding school, and I felt so badly for them. They lived there. I'm like, well, never mind. <laughs> the reason most of my friends and, and people I knew went to boarding school was to build reputations. Because those kids became CEOs. And then when you want a job, you call your friend. Me, I went to public school. I ended up pastoring a church in Pennsylvania. Should I go to boarding school, right? No. But you get connected. You got the reputation. You got the name. You got the right address. You got connections. You could be used powerfully. So things are going bad. God's going to send a, someone to talk to Ahab. He calls a mover and shaker, right? He calls an average Joe from the backwoods of Arkansas who's probably got a funky accent named Elijah. And he gives him a message. What's the message? As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain three years except by my word. It's going to be a drought. Now, when we hear drought, we think, man, I, I spent all that money on that seed, fertilizer, and stuff, and now it's going to burn out. My grass is ruined. And food prices might go up a little bit because you're going to have to ship them from further away, right? You know what a drought meant in these days? 
Renee, you got a well, right? Uh, You know what? You know what happens when we have a drought? Yes. I go to the laundromat, I buy water. Imagine the laundromat had no water. Imagine the corn never grew and there were no trucks to move in corn from other places. Sickness spreads. Food doesn't come. Famine enters the land. Drought's a big deal. Good message. Ahab, not like the Lord, right? Guy comes in, hey, what's your name? The Lord is my God. My God is the Lord. What the heck are you doing here? I want to let you know it's not going to rain. It's going to be a big drought. You think Ahab's like, cool, all right, have a good day. That's not going to go over real well. That's the message Elijah brought to Ahab. Let me ask you a question. What's, what's your name? What's your name? Elijah. Remember what Elijah meant? What's your name? What, what do your actions say that, that your name is? There's a passage in Revelation 2.17. talks about a white stone. That when we go meet Jesus, the inference is we're going to get a white stone with a name written upon it. A name that nobody knows except the one who gives it to us and us who hold it. Your white stone ain't going to say, Matt, Jolene, Diane. It's going to have another name. A name that tells about who you really are. What your actions really say. What do you think you're going to read on your white stone? I wouldn't mind so much if my white stone read Elijah. I think that would be pretty cool if my white stone said, My God is Jehovah. But might it say something else, Ija? Might it say, John Ija? John is my Lord. Maybe I serve myself. Cash Ija? Kid Ija? Job Ija? What is that stone going to read? What, is, what does your life say? Does your life say who? Who, I should say, is your Lord? Who do you serve? For Elijah, he had it down right. And we're going to unpack over the coming weeks how he got the name Elijah, why he got the name Elijah. But don't miss this fact. This is an average, ordinary guy. You know what the difference between us and Elijah is? He's dead, we're now. Come on. What's the di- when you have conversations with yourself like this, it's concerning. All right? I, I understand. You know what the difference between Elijah and us is? And how powerfully God used him? Dan was starting to talk about things that, that he did. He went for a cool chariot ride at the end. I'd like to go for a chariot ride like this. He uh, brought dead people back. He had ravens feed him. We'll talk about the, the fact of these being real stories, even though they sound outlandish. Kid died, miraculous provision of food. When, when you see the life of Elijah, the life of Jesus also makes a whole lot more sense. Do you know what the difference between Elijah and us was? Was it the skill set? Was it the address on the postal stamp? The heart. This guy was God built. We can go through steps. We we can acquire things. We we can feel like, all right, God, I'm ready. I know what I need to know. I can get my act together. I can say the right things and not do the wrong things. I'm ready to go. Use me now, God. Or we can do it Elijah's way. God says, go, we go. God says, speak, we speak. God says, do, we do. God says, don't, we don't. The difference between us and Elijah 
is a matter of faithful obedience to God based on knowing who God is. Elijah didn't see service to God as, oh man, mommy, I don't want to be a prophet, I want to be a Hebrew doctor or lawyer. It's a better job. She's like, no son, you want to be a prophet for the Lord. Elijah saw his job as a blessing. He was a servant of God Most High. My God is Jehovah, his name declares. And he goes out and he serves God, but it gets tough. The message. Omri, the worst king to date, has a kid named Ahab who's worse than his daddy, who brings in a wife that, that implements Baal worship. Now, I say Baal worship, it doesn't mean a whole lot. People worshiping false gods, building a share of poles, bowing down to these wooden poles. We don't do freaky stuff like that, do we? Can you imagine, like, if you're walking down the street and your neighbor's got what looks like a totem pole in the back and they're, like, burning things, like, oh, oh. Like, that would be weird, wouldn't it? We're beyond that. We don't worship crazy stuff, so how do we apply that to our lives? Like, could you imagine if someone worshipped a rectangular piece of paper that they kept folded up in their back pocket? Wait a minute. Can you imagine if, if people worship celebrities they saw on TV and movies who they really didn't know? Wait a minute. Can you imagine, all right, if, if people looked in a mirror and saw the one they worshipped? Well, the Asherah pole worshippers weren't so far removed from us, were they? They worshipped a pole. We worship paper, people on TV, ourselves, and on and on. So, let's not knock it. But that's going on. We're in a spiritually depraved place in, in the days of Elijah. Not like our times, right? Everyone here, we're a nation that loves God. We are a people that love God. When people hear the word church, they know exactly what that means, right? Heck, I'm a pastor when I hear the word church. I don't know what people are talking about half the time. We are in a chaotic place of, of spiritual craziness where I don't think very many people know who the Lord is or have any desire to worship Him, just like when Elijah lived. And he got a message. Go and tell the king there's going to be a famine. Can I ask you a question? I love when I, when I say that. Can I ask you a question? You can't say no, and if you do, it's going to be really awkward. So I should probably skip that. But can I ask you a question? Say yes. Thank you, guys. If you were Elijah and God said, Elijah from Backwoods, Arkansas, I got a message I want you to bring to Ahab. What's the message? Tell him it's going to be a drought, but he's not going to like that. I don't care. Go tell him. What would you do? Would you go? Would you tell him? Like, really? 